Welcome back. This is Jim Cimbala, Senior Pastor of the Brooklyn Tabernacle. We are going to continue my new series, The Calling, a podcast for Christian leaders. Have you ever heard the saying, might makes right? Well, might and power does not make right. Someone can be evil and overcome a more righteous, weaker force, but that's the way wars are fought and won and lost. In what we've been called to do, spiritual matters, leading God's people, representing Jesus Christ, power is all important. Paul says when it comes to spiritual warfare in Ephesians 6, be strong in the Lord, not be weak. Be strong in the Lord. By being weak as pastors, churches that are weak, Christians that are weak, there's no pity. We're dealing with Satan, predator, the ultimate predator. You know, no lion chases down some zebra who's limping and has problems not feeling that well that day, and chases him down and says, oh, I'm so sorry, Zebra. You know what? I didn't know you weren't feeling good. You're weak. You're not having a good day. This is not fair. I won't eat you. No, no, I will eat you. Power is everything. The kingdom of God is about power and righteousness and doing what God wants us to do, empowered by him, the Holy Spirit. So we read this in Acts 1. On one occasion while he was eating with them, this is the risen Christ, He gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. That's the last thing he said. You're going to receive power. They had a prophecy question. We want to get our chart right. So are you now going to do this? He said, that's not for you to know the times or season. Good word for us. We waste a lot of time trying to figure everything out and we don't give our attention to what really matters. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. Did you ever notice that in the New Testament, there's not a lot of writing by Paul or Peter or John about, hey guys, let's get going, let's go door to door, let's do this, come on, let's reach the lost. There are references to it, and certainly from Jesus, the commission, but it seems like Spirit-filledness, being full of the Holy Spirit, would automatically yield a life that says, no, I got to go out and tell people. No, no, those are my friends. No, I got to tell them. I don't need someone beating me with a stick. I got to do that. And there's also an utterance given, words are given, love, compassion, wisdom. That's why Jesus said, wait and you'll receive power from the Holy Spirit. So all ministry that's going to be effective for us is we have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So now we come to the old debate, evangelical, charismatic, Pentecostal versus another position, or cessationists, and this is all nonsense. My grandchildren was taking a course in college where the professor said, we're going to study the book of Acts. None of this is for today, but let's read it anyway. I mean, why not? That's just beautiful. According to our faith, so be it unto us. So now let's talk about filled with the Spirit. You might say to me, all Christians are filled with the Holy Spirit. 
And you're right in a sense that Romans 8 tells us if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he doesn't belong to Christ. The Holy Spirit lives inside of every believer. That's why we're called temples of the living God. Ah, but filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm. While I absolutely believe and I've always believed that every Christian is a child of God and has the Holy Spirit living within them. Filled with the Holy Spirit, to me, well, you know what? Don't believe me. I don't want to give you my opinion. Let's just consider a couple things that have always drawn my attention. First of all, in Acts, as we talked in another episode, there was a problem about feeding the widows and some deacons, that some people call the, those seven people that were named in Acts 6 as the first deacons, servants of the church. Be that as it may. Notice what the apostles said. Choose out seven men among you who are known to be full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. Well, if everyone is full of the Holy Spirit, how could that be a qualification? No, they were had to be known to be filled, i.e. controlled. You know, the Holy Spirit is not a liquid. I'm going to use a prop here for a second. So this is a bottle of water. Water fills the bottle, and then if you fill it up enough, it overflows. And there is, the Spirit is likened unto water. But the Holy Spirit is a person. So I liken it better to, you know what? We're controlled by the Holy Spirit. Get a hold of people who you know are filled, controlled, have the signs of being Spirit-filled. Let them be the deacons. Oh, my goodness. How few churches would pray and make that a qualification, known to be filled with the Spirit and with wisdom. Nah, listen, Harry, he's a good guy. And you know what? He's a very prominent doctor in town, and he plays at the country club. The dude is going to be a deacon. Trust me. I once once talked to a pastor who had taken over a famous church in America, and he called me and saying, Jim, what am I going to do? I'm meeting all the deacons, and I found out they don't even visit here to church maybe once a month. So how could it be a qualification if everyone's full of the Holy Spirit? Number two, though, I think more important. If all Christians are filled with the Holy Spirit, then how do you explain the church at Laodicea in Revelation 3? Jesus writes to them, Christians. Obviously, the Holy Spirit is living inside of them. They're not pagans. I know about you. You're neither hot nor cold, but you're lukewarm. And because you're lukewarm, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. Now, if you tell me that's a spirit-filled church, but he's going to vomit it out of his mouth, then to me, words mean nothing. I'm lost now. No, there was no fire there. Remember? John the Baptist said, I baptize with water, but he'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire, fuego, fire. How could a church being vomited out of Jesus' mouth that's lukewarm be fiery and full of the Holy Spirit? It can't be. Let's just face that and admit it, at least in my mind. Number three, there's the difficulty of the verse in Ephesians chapter five that says, don't be drunk with wine or loaded with alcoholic beverages wherein is excess. You're going to act crazy and waste your life. But be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. A couple of things about that verse. It's a command. It's in a military command form in the Greek. Be filled with the Spirit. It's not an option. Paul is writing to the church, not ministers. Be filled with the Spirit. Don't be filled with wine. Be filled with the Spirit. But what's interesting is that's in the kind of continuous present tense so it's translated by Rotherham's literal translation, be being filled with the Holy Spirit or keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit. Endlessly drink of the Holy Spirit. Why, if all Christians are filled with the Spirit, would there be a command, be being filled with the Spirit? 
Come on, keep on being filled. Well, no, I am filled. Why are you telling me to be filled? We're all filled. No. Come on, you and I know it's different. Haven't you preached sermons that were the least spirit-filled in your life? I once was preaching a sermon about two years in the ministry, and I was a third of the way through it. I hadn't prayed over it. Spirit-filled, it wasn't even Jim Cymbal-filled. It was like subhuman sermon. And I remember thinking to myself, yuck, this thing is horrible, and I'm trapped. You never preach one like that? No. You're a better man, better woman than I am. I have preached those. They weren't spirit-filled, spirit-anointed, spirit-led. There was nothing about the Holy Spirit. Please let me not blame him for anything. You know, it's Samuel Chadwick, whose writings have had an effect on my life, old Methodist preacher. He said, I'm good for nothing unless I spend time with God and get filled with the Spirit. That's the gist of what he was saying. We have to have power. We have to have power. And God wants to give us the power. There's no argument with him. We don't have to come and say, all right, Lord, we're really anxious for this. We know you don't want to do this, but please, can we convince you? Pour out your spirit on us. Make us full of the Holy Are you kidding? That's his promise to a bunch of failures who had failed him in the day in the crunch time when he was arrested. He says to them, you just wait and you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. Come on, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Here's my prayer today for you and for me. God, fill us with the Holy Spirit so that in one month or one year, we will see more accomplished than we've seen ever in our ministries. Like we wouldn't even be able to imagine what you do because we're full of the Spirit of the living God. Amen. 